Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back for our NBL-focused show. Now, I'm absolutely delighted to be here tonight. It's, uh, you know, after last week's hiatus, due to no fault of our own, um, technical difficulties were running wild. So, you know, these things can't be avoided sometimes. Nevertheless, absolutely stoked to be back in the operational facility tonight. Uh, Big episode, as always, an action-packed week from the NBL. Guys, before we get into the show, though, a couple of quick housekeeping points. A big shout-out to both the cover and stadium scene, doing wonderful things, not only for us, but other content creators out there in terms of showcasing their work and getting that exposure that, you know, for myself and my ego that we so desperately require. So I certainly appreciate everything that they're both continuing to do, um, as well as all the continued support from you guys out there, not only on our socials, but also uh, wherever you listen to the show, you know, we certainly appreciate all the five-star ratings, reviews, the subscribes, uh, all that good stuff. So keep it coming. We certainly appreciate it. Guys, as I said, an action-packed episode. We're going to rip through some quick odds and ends, some real quick ones. Then going to go into some winners and losers from the NBL week. As I said, an action-packed week. Um, some fared better than others. So certainly looking forward to getting into that one momentarily. Let's get into the odds and ends. Though. How about we do that? The first point now, this comes from, it was actually on last week's show, but due to the uh, cancellation there, um, I thought I'd bring it up again this week just for the pure fact of its importance. Um, Melbourne United's Isaac Humphreys officially came out as gay. Uh, I'd be going back to a week to a fortnight ago now, becoming the first openly gay player in top-tier men's basketball around the world. Um, the the courage that this took, the, the courage, the mental fortitude, um, it was a real testament to him and his character, as well as the actual environment that the Melbourne United and the NBL as a whole had created. Uh, his message was that you don't have to hide just because you're an athlete. You can live and live how you want. And that's, that's so very true. They Often these, these high-profile stars, professional athletes, actors, musicians, all things of the kind, they've got to kind of almost put on a bit of a facade um, to you know, kind of fit into a mould that's already been preset for them. Uh, but I think this is a real testament to Humphreys. Um, I hope that this opens the door for other basketball players and other you know, high-profile personalities t- to actually voice their own story and not have to feel shackled by not going with the grain. Um, you know, I, I honest, honestly, I couldn't be happier for him. Um, the emotion was really clear to see when he announced it to the group. Um, as I said, about a week, a fortnight ago now. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a testament to him, and especially like um, if any of you are familiar with the A League and soccer players out there, Andy Brennan. Uh, I actually know him on a personal level. Played with the Newcastle Jets there. Um, c- came out openly as gay a couple of years ago. The first uh, professional footballer to do so, and the the publicity and the exposure that this gained was just phenomenal. Um, it was a testament to Andy at the time. And and now with Humphreys, it, it hopefully is just a real liberating, um, a, li- a real liberating act for, for others out there to follow in their footsteps. So, you know, as, as Isaac said, you know, you don't have to hide. You can live life how you want. And that's not only with gay athletes out there, um, just for all of us, a, a really great message, live how you want to. It's uh where we've got very limited time, so we need to certainly make the most of it and live how we best see fit. So fair play, Isaac Humphreys and Melbourne United, and for that matter, the league as a whole. 
Moving forward, the Brisbane Bullets have parted with head coach James Duncan during the week. Uh, GM of basketball Sam McKinnon will lead them in the interim at the moment. Um, comes off the back of their three three and six start to the season um, under Duncan's reign there. Certainly a team that came in with a lot of expectations. And to be fair, it's going to take an almighty effort for them to actually make something of this season. To, uh, like I'll, I'll, I don't want to give too much away, but I'll touch on it a little bit more shortly. But um, it's certainly a long, long road back for this franchise. Uh, the last point, just in this quick odds and end section, just a big, big congratulations to Mitchie Craig from the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, Mitch clocked up his 300th game in the NBL the other day versus the Hawks, uh, that on Sunday there. Only 13 players in league history have played 300 games or more. So he leads, he, he joins a very exclusive club there. Um, and what a season he's having as well, leading the league in points per game. Um, I had him as one of my MVP picks. And if you would have kind of adjudicated at this point in time, he would certainly be well and truly up there. So hats off to you, Mitchie. 300 in the book. Um, you know, a real staple mark of the league and no doubt going to certainly impart his skill set for, for another couple of seasons to come. So great stuff there for Mitchie Craig. Guys, let's move ahead to some winners and losers. The Daily Dribble. Okay, so... We might start with the winners first. I've got less of the winners this week, um, but I'll start with Milton Doyle. Now, return to the Jack Jumpers starting lineup the other day, their 94 to 90 win against Melbourne United, and he looked right back at home. Dropped 23 points, three rebounds, two assists, and one still to go with it. Uh, but more importantly, he showed up in the clutch big, big, big time um, down the stretch there. He had an and one with 50 seconds to go. Um, which which tied the game up. Then had the high had the drive with the high arcing shot off the backboard to get the JJs up by two, 37 seconds to go to give them their first lead of the game since the initial initial score of the game. So uh, it was certainly, you know, a, a, I, I want to say a historic. Uh, granted, they're still early in their infancy, so the history is quite small. But it was a really tremendous performance for this team. The third time already this season that they've come back from double digits to win. Um, it improves the JJs to six and six now. Doyle himself averaging 16 points, five and a half rebounds, three assists, and a steal a game. It's been a huge part of the reason as to why they're in the top half of the standings. And I know for a lot of Jack Jumpers fans out there, myself included, we were kind of worried about who was going to fill the void of Josh Adams departing. Uh, Rashad Kelly's been phenomenal. He certainly filled the role of Mikhail McIntosh really well there. But uh, Milton Doyle, he's it's big shoes to fill from JA there, especially what he was doing in the back end of last season and into the finals. But uh, Doyle is really starting to show out, and he's kind of got that killer instinct. Killer instinct is a three-level scorer. Um, it was really a phenomenal performance, and great to see him back in the lineup. They looked a lot more composed a lot more efficient on the offensive end. Um, and I tell you what, Melbourne United, though, they bottled this one. They were up, as I said, double digits in the fourth quarter and let it slip. So fair play to the JJs, up to six and six now. Milton Doyle gets a winner of the week from me. Another winner of the week has got to go to Barry Brown Jr. of the New Zealand Breakers. Now, the Breakers are on a tear at the moment, full stop, currently riding a four-game win, win streak. Uh, had two big wins over the weekend. They knocked off Cairns 82-71 to 71 on Friday night there. 
Then they absolutely pummeled by 37 points, the Brisbane Bullet, 116 to 79. Um, and a huge part of the success, not in, only in these two games, but across the season as a whole, has been that of, of, of Barry Brown Jr. Coming off the bench um, against the Taipans, he dropped 20 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals. Back that up against the Pullet, against the, the Pullets, the Bullets. I tell you what, Rusty, Rusty on a Tuesday night. He backed it up against the Bullets there. Didn't shoot the ball as well in this one, but he still put up 17 points, two rebounds, two assists. Um, it's just, you know, we look in the NBA, guys who can come off the bench and cook. Jordan Clarkson, namely granted, starting this season. Tyler Harrow, who's done it the last couple of seasons, again, starting most games this season. But guys who can just come off the bench and absolutely cook, can really drive that second unit. Um, they've, they've certainly got one there, the Breakers doing Barry Brown Jr., He's averaging 20 points, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists this season. Um, and he's a big reason as to why the Breakers are, are making, they're making people believers this season. Uh, they're super fun to watch and they seem to have found a little bit more of an offensive rhythm over the last couple of weeks, which is fantastic to see. Their defense has been phenomenal all season long. And now that that offense is starting to click, the sky really is the limit for them. So very, very excited, very excited by Barry Brown Jr., You'd have to think at this point in time would be probably a lock for sixth man of the year, um, but certainly excited to see what he can do for the rest of the season. Okie dokie. Let's go to the losers. So I'm going to start with RAC Arena as a loser this week. Now, it's, it's a shame to say it certainly isn't the fortress it once was. It used to strike fear into the hearts of teams. The Red Army was was... It was a benchmark for fans within the league. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. After building some real momentum over the last couple of weeks, the Wildcats went down 96-82 to 82 versus Adelaide the other night. Uh, Robert Franks in this one was the chief destroyer with 21 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Yet Adelaide as a collective group had four players who scored 14 or more points. Uh, really did it by committee in this one. Whereas for Perth, no one really leapt off the page. Bryce Cotton, 17.5 assists. It was on pretty it was pretty poor efficiency from him. Um, and with the team now currently at seventh, sitting with a record of five and six, they're really gonna need players to step up around Cotton. Um, you know, namely Lukey Travers there. The Cleveland Cavaliers recruit loaned back out to uh to Perth there this season. He's got to step up more so. So does Todd Blanchfield. Um, the output is just not there. And for as good as Cotton is, he just he can't do it alone. He cannot do it alone. No player, I don't care how good you are, what you can't be a one-man band, especially with the quality in the league at the moment. Um, but I certainly hope, you know, with home games to come, they just need to build it as a fortress once again. That's when Perth have looked their most damaging over the, <laughs> over the last decade or two, to be fair. But once that Red Army is humming along, they're invested – you know, they rally behind this team. They're, they're hard to beat over West, uh, but it just feels like teams going over and they're not having that same fear factor at the moment. So RAC Arena is a loser this week. Um, they've certainly got a big job on their hands to return to their former glory. My second loser of the week goes to a team already mentioned during the episode, the Brisbane Bullets. Things just seem to go from bad to worse at the moment for them. Uh, many pundits had them. As a heavy, heavy hitter this season. Some even had them as as title favourites. 
but they parted, as I said, with parted with head coach James Duncan during the week. They then went on to get absolutely steamrolled by the Breakers, 116 to 79, a 37-point shellacking in this one. Um, they gave up three quarters of 30 points or more. You know, it, and as I said, 37 points, it probably could have been more in fairness. Um, Brisbane took the foot off the gas, didn't, you know, the game was well and truly done. Uh, Sobey had 14 points, four rebounds, 10 assists. Tanner Krebs chipped in with 19 points. Outside of that, the production was minimal. Um, you know, Jason Kadee, Tyler Johnson puts them on the season now at three and seven. And to be fair, it's shaping up like it's, as I said, it's a, it's a long road back. It is a very, very long road back for them, and it's shaping up as an extremely disappointing campaign thus far. Um, I, I don't know what the way back for them is. They've really got to get back to their defensive roots. With Aaron Baines out at the moment, makes it a little more difficult, but they've still got enough talent there. Looking at Sobey in particular, Tyler Johnson, Kadee, even Krebs coming off the bench there, there's enough talent to be able to keep them afloat. Uh, but things have got to change on the defensive end. You can't give up 116 points and expect to win a game. It's just not happening. So fingers crossed they can get things back on track. But at three and seven, um, you know, it's uh, it's a pretty bleak, bleak state of affairs at the moment for the Bullets. Okay, let's move ahead to my third and final loser of the week. I've given it to the fourth quarter collapse from the Kings. Now, what a game. This one went down last night um, after a dominant third quarter display against the Taipans. The Kings led by 10, heading into the last quarter. Really, really asserted themselves. It was pretty well a tie ball game at halftime. As I said, leading by 10, heading into the last. They even they managed to get that lead up to 14, to as many as 14, should I say. Um, but the Taipans just hung around enough. They, they slowly chipped away. Um, and then once Xavier Cooks fouled out with three minutes, 39 to go, there was a little, little glimmer of a miracle, a little glimmer. It was an absolute prayer. The Snakes were still down by eight with a, with a minute 47 to go. So down eight, minute 47. Sam Wardenberg was able to sink the two free throws, gets it back to six. Um, then after being one of nine throughout the game from three, he was having a bit of a stinking DJ Hogue, but he showed up when it mattered most. Sunk the three with 37 seconds to go. They managed to get a stop on the other end, followed up by another DJ Hogue three with nine seconds to go, thus tying the ball game. Managed to force Derek Walton Jr. into a tough buzzer beater. Missed missed that one um, before really asserting themselves in OT, hammering out a 94-88 to 88 win. Uh, Pinder was huge in this one, 30 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, whilst DJ Hogue had 20 points, five rebounds, three assists, in addition to those clutch threes that I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, for the Kings, Walton Jr., 15 points, five rebounds, five assists, but Xavier Cooks was certainly the uh, the man of the match for them with 25 points and 10 rebounds. For me, you certainly feel like they would have won had he have not fouled out. Um, you know, his impact was huge. Once he went out, as I said, it looked like the door might just be ajar. It was still a big, big undertaking from the Kings and, um, you know, uh, sorry, should I say, from the Taipans, a huge performance. With that loss, though, Sydney slipped to second. The Breakers climb up to first, uh, with the Taipans closing the gap on second as well. So it's certainly a thrilling battle at the top of the standings at the moment. Uh, you know, it could 
it could go anyway. If you had said to me after, you know, a dozen games or so that New Zealand would be top, I tell you what, I would have laughed you out of the room. Um, but what a, what a story they've been. As a, again, the Taipans, nobody had them ranked very highly this season, sitting third at the moment, just beaten, beaten the reigning champs. Um, there's a lot to like from them. I quite enjoy Taji McCall as well coming off the bench. He was he was fantastic in this one, um, but the Kings certainly uh, certainly let this one go. It was in their hands. Could have remained top of the table, but uh, a, a minor blip there for the reigning champs. You'd certainly expect them to bounce back and bounce back in a big way very very soon. No doubt Chase Buford would have. Uh, I can't imagine he would have been too thrilled about that loss, but uh, the troops will rally once again. Shout out to the boys from the fifth and dribble. Is hoping your uh, your kings can bounce back, guys. As I said, a real quick little blitz episode today, recapping the winners and losers from the NBL week. Would love to hear from you guys what you thought. Did I get them right? Did I get them wrong? Did I miss any notable winners? Miss any notable losers? Um, be sure to slide in the DMs and let me know what you think. As well, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show. Drop that like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Share the show with a friend. Uh, we certainly appreciate it, as well as keeping up to date with all of our socials. If you want to know what's going on in the basketballing world, whether that be from the NBA or the NBL, um, be sure to check us out, guys. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. The content is flowing. Um, certainly looking forward to being back in the studio this week with Rowan Lee. Uh, I think we've scheduled the episode for Saturday, so that'll be up Saturday night. Uh, we've got some exciting things in store on our NBA focus show there. So be sure to tune in to that one as well. Guys, that's it from me this week. Thank you so much for listening. As I said, certainly appreciate all the continued support. Enjoy another huge week from the NBL, and I can't wait to be back talking with you guys again soon. Take it easy. Bye.